an awesome wonder. Consider all the words thy hands has made. I see the stars. Hey, back to Kirby's Corner. So today we are changing things up a little bit. I'm mixing things up. I'm changing the format. I got tired of the old format, so we're changing things up. We're making it a little bit more independent journalism-esque. Um, today we got on. We got on Jimmy McPhail. He's an Irish singer. He is an older gentleman. And he has a rich, rich story. So I think you guys will really like him. I hear the so, rolling yeah, thunder. Thy part throughout the universe displays. Then sing my soul, my Savior God to thee. How great thou art. Jimmy McPhail, Irish singer. Um, you mind just, uh, you mind just spelling out your name for me? Sorry? Spelling out my name, uh, your name for me? Spelling out your name? James, it's Jim McPhail. Yeah? Usually. And it's J-I-M. Last name is McPhail, M-C. P H A I L. And then, how old are you? How old are you? I'm 82 right now. Nice, nice. And you know, we just met. I'm just, I'm just clarifying all this for my professor. We just met, um, you know, through my mom. Yes. And how, mom? How long have you known Jimmy McPhail? Oh, probably oh. since I was like seven or eight, right? Or the Catskills, we'd go up every year to the farm fest. Yeah. And Liz was just a baby when um, when uh, she met uh, Jimmy. I was playing music up there. Yeah. In the yeah. Catskills. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> wow, that's crazy, actually. The Ferncliff House, which was famous back then. Now that we got all the introductory stuff out of the way, um, uh, so my professor wants you to talk about a moment in your life that um, you would like you would describe as a defining moment in your life who l really characterized you to the man you are today. Well, I started playing music when I was seven years old, influenced by my uncle Albert Healy who was a f famous Irish uh, musician who, who appeared on television like usually three times a week he'd be on. Hmm. And uh, he played the accordion and piano and uh, classical music. And of course I went into the Irish field yeah. to an Irish music with the accordion and uh, later on developed into uh, the accordions, which were all, when I first started, they were all just normal accordions, but as time went by, they were developed into to 
multi-musical instruments. You could play the piano on the accordion. Yeah. You could play a, a trumpet on the accordion. You could play multi-instruments on the accordion. So uh, that's the way the, the music field developed with different instruments. Yeah, it's a very interesting instrument too, yeah. the accordion. Because it has its own pair of lungs in a way, you know? Yeah. Because you're constantly, you know, you're... Yeah, you're you have to pump it in and out. Yeah. But yeah. as time went by, they become all electrified. Mm. And you could keep them in the same position and still play and them. still play them, yeah. 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 So um, you started when you were seven... Yeah. You started playing the accordion when you were seven, and when did you eventually decide to come to America, and how was that, like, um, the whole transition to America? I came, uh, first my two brothers came, and then uh, the rest of the family came. Hmm. There was 13 children in our family, and my mom and dad, and we all came. And then gradually my parents went back after a while, but I stayed and uh, joined the military, mm. went into the military, come back out, and uh, went to Pace College, got my degree in uh, finance and accounting, and went to work for CBS, television network. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. I stayed cool. there for eight years, and uh, went to work for NBC Network. Nice. Went for there for five years and finished up with ABC Network as a director of finance and VP of finance nice. for ABC Television Network. Oh, really cool. I've met most of the stars that you see on television. Yeah. Met Frank Sinatra, Muhammad Ali, nice. Joe Namath, uh, Lucy LeBall, Desi Arnaz, uh, most of the people that appeared on the various television stations over the years yeah. I've met. And um, when, when you were in the military, did you still continue to like work on the accordion and on your music? Or yeah, you, yeah, I played music while I was there. Yeah? Yeah. So that, I'm guessing it was good pastime. And then I was in the reserves, yeah. and I used to play for the troops when I was in the reserves. That's cool. That's cool. So Did you ever do like the? Um, were you a part of like the military band at all? Or? No, I didn't join the military band. Okay. But uh, when uh, I was in the reserves, we used to go to Camp Camp Drum, which was way up north at the border, almost the Canadian border and Watertown, New York. My sister's And <laughs> a few times I forgot my accordion and they flew me back to New York to bring my accordion up to play for the troops on the weekend. <laughs> so that's cool, that's cool. It was pretty interesting. Yeah. So um so when you came here you were so you, you I'm guessing you came here you came to America in I was New about York. 19 years old when I came. So you're my age? Yeah. That's crazy. That's wild. I was 19, 19 years and old. Did you, were you dropped off in the city? In New York City? Or were you... We were dropped off at Kennedy Airport. At Kennedy? Okay. 
and I had a big Irish suit on, a big heavy wool suit, and I had a mop of hair which was much greater than yours probably. <laughs> and it was 95 degrees that day. I thought I had landed in an oven. I thought they were trying to cook me. Uh, yeah. I was in. The, I got in the car, which had been sitting in the sun for an hour for the plane to come in from Ireland, and I got in the car, and it was over ninety degrees in the car. I thought I was going to die before I reached my aunt's house, and she lived in the Bronx. Mm, okay. So. So, um, so, so you lived with your aunt for a while. I lived. Uh, no, my brother, I lived with my brother had a, an apartment. Okay, okay. He was over in, uh, he was in the Bronx also. Okay, okay. And then, so, so like in your, in your younger days of your, your music career, you're in the city, you're in the Bronx. Um, how long do you end up staying there? Like how many years? Well, I was there in the Bronx until basically I got married. And then uh, we came up to uh, Orange County, and uh, what influenced me coming up here was uh, the neighbor down there come up on a drive one day, and I saw the area, Monroe. Yeah. I liked it. It reminded me of Ireland. There was, uh, you know, nice landscapes, mountains, yeah. mountainous area, lakes. And I arrived in Monroe, and uh, a few years later, when I started working and got married, I came up here, bought a house. I've been here ever since. Nice. In Orange <laughs> County. Nice. Yeah. And uh, so, so you would, you would, uh, you visit the Catskills, and you do stuff up there, or like. Yeah, well, while I was working at uh, CBS, okay. uh, my bosses, one of them was involved in purchasing this uh, resort in the Catskills called the Ferncliff. Okay. And he uh, asked me if I'd play music for him. Yeah. So I went up and played on the weekends. And I played up there for a number of years, probably until I quit playing. I was there for about, uh, I guess, I was there when I was 19, till I was probably 78. Wow. Yeah. That's one hell of a gig. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow. But it was on weekends only. That's cool, though. That's very yeah. cool. So you'd spend your I worked CBS during the week. Yeah. With my normal finance job. And uh, I worked, played music on the weekends. And you go upstate and you play music. That's cool. Yeah. That's cool, yeah. And, um... So... So later on in your career, does anything, um... Does anything change? Do you just... You, you keep... You keep playing music, and you join. Um, you join the American military when you're how old? I'm sorry. You you join the American military when you were how old were you? I would say 
I guess it was 20, but I was I went into the reserves. Okay. So we'd spend, uh, we spent six months on reserves, and then we spent like five months going away on weekends, and over the summer we'd have to do, we'd have to do three weeks up in the, up in the country, camping out and doing exercises, military exercises, mm -hmm. and you know training. And uh, we were in. I was in the fire directional uh, area, which we would be practicing how to fire rockets, uh, the Annis John rocket and uh, the eight-inch howitzer, which is a, a large uh, gun, hmm. military gun. Yeah. And so that's and what we, that's what I did in the military. You you end up. We would do the calculations as to how to set the the azimuth on the gun, which was directional. It would give you the height mm. and the distance for a target. Okay, so you're like, uh, a, you're like We a had guy. to calculate that yeah. mathematically. Yeah, so you're, you're definitely a numbers guy, like with the yeah. financing, with so the calculations. If you were good at mathematics, you yeah. were pulled out of the ranks <laughs> and put into the, uh, the f they called it the fire directional which would uh, allow us to be able to hit a target eight miles away, 20 miles away, or the rockets shoot it. Yeah, you're like- We did have a couple of near misses at Watertown where, where it was miscalculated or it went off too soon and uh, nearly blew up the town. It landed a little short, but it was, you know, yeah. accidents do happen yeah. in the military. Yeah. 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 Yeah, it's just a part of the field, you know, you've got to be prepared for something like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so you joined when you were 20, and you, how long did you stay in for? I was in for like five years. Five years. In total. And you, you still, you still go up to the Catskills during those five years, and then after that, from, from 25 to, to your 70s, how does, um... How do you how do you think your career changed within that within that span? Well, I continued to play the music and continued to to work in, in finance. Yeah. So basically, uh, it it didn't change dramatically until uh, I ended up getting ill. Yeah. I got this uh, disease, which is uh, it looks like that singer Mary has it now. Mary, what was her as uh, Salon Dion? What's her name? Oh, Salon Dion. A neurological uh, disorder yeah. in her. Neuropathy. Yeah. Yeah, she has the same nerve problem. Yeah. It's very rare. Only one people out of a hundred thousand get it. Encephalopathy. Yeah. Polyneuropathy. A lot. A lot of people get neuropathy. Which affects the hands and feet, but polyneuropathy affects the nerves, and it affects your walking and your balance. Yeah. And uh, that's what that. What's her name again? Uh, Celine Dion. Yes. Uh, Celine Dion. 
Yeah. Yeah. So that if you do the calculations for that, it would be twenty people out of a million hmm. would get it, which is very rare. It's a very rare disease. But. So Ian Dion. Yeah. 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 It's, uh, so that kind of stopped my career <laughs> playing the music. Yeah. But I mean, I mean, there's always something. There's always something you could be doing, you know. I'm sorry. There's always something you could be doing, you know. You could always yeah. say music. Like, I'm sure of it, but like, uh, it's a shame. It's a shame diseases like that, like, um, like what my mom has passed. Yeah. Uh, patient had the multiple sclerosis and stuff like that like ALS and stuff like yeah, that I really do hope we find cures to yeah. things like that in the future but as time went by then uh, I used to go to Florida every year to play okay okay we had the, there's an Irish resort down in Florida used to bring me down uh, because the Catskills all changed mm. it was taken over you know they sold the they sold the uh, restaurants and the resort up there, mm. and I ended up going to uh, Florida in the summer, or I'm sorry, in the winter. <laughs> you don't go to Florida in the summer. <laughs> yeah, right. You come back to New York. <laughs> yeah. Those were the good. It was a good time in Florida. The weather was great and music was. Very profitable for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, so, so when you went to Florida, was that uh, was that was that like um, was that someone from the Catskills telling you, hey, you should go, you should go check out this Florida gig, or like, how'd you end up finding that Florida? Like, yeah, there was people life? that used to come up to the Catskills, uh, in the summertime to hear the Irish music up mm -hmm. there. And there wasn't really no music in, in Florida for the Irish. Yeah. And there was a community every year that started to grow in the wintertime. Yeah. So, you know, the wintertime in New York would be warm down in Florida. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Everybody started to migrate, migrate to Florida, towards yeah. Florida in the winter. And uh, I ended up doing my gigs down there in the wintertime. You, what what uh, what like time period was that for you? Like how old were you about when you started doing the gigs in Florida? I would say probably seventy, around seventy. And I continued playing in Florida till I had got the polyneuropathy. About seventy eight, yeah. that started to really hamper me playing. Yeah. And did you um, like uh, did you did you get diagnosed when you were seventy eight, or did you start noticing it when you were seventy eight? I started noticing uh, when I tried to pick up the accordion. You know, became more difficult, mm. become more difficult to balance myself. Yeah, and uh, then it became more difficult. My fingers wouldn't work as well, mm. so gradually. I had to give it up. Yeah, and just hearing stuff like that makes you realize everything you have is a blessing. Really, yeah. everything you have is a blessing every day. Yeah, seriously, 
Right, it really you is. You don't know when anything can be taken away from you. You have no idea. You gotta be grateful. But um, but you can you can definitely um. I don't think the career is over. I don't. Th- I think if you still wanted to, you could still perform musically if you wanted to on some level. You could still sing. Well, I can like sing. That. Yes, yeah. I can still sing. Yeah. I, I actually. A lot of my singing over the years too was at masses for funerals and mm. if my even my own family. We've uh, went from thirteen children down to there's only three of us still alive. Yeah. So it happens to all families, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Over the years. Exactly. Like, yeah, my mom comes from a big family. It's like the same type of thing. Like, she's yeah. one of ten. So, yeah. It's just it's just natural. It's how it goes, you know? Yeah. Yeah. People come and go, you know? So, are you going to design web pages? Or? <laughs> oh, so, um, so, uh, web design is, like, part of what I do, like, what I do and what I can do. Like, right now, yeah. I was... I was telling you before I started recording, like, um, I I just finished a, a school course for web design, and that whole course I was just making a website for my one of my personal brands. Right. Yeah, and I have a, I have a personal brand called Burn Media and Art, and it's a it's like an advertising agency, so I was just making a website for all of that. And is that uh, profitable for you? Do you get paid for that? Or as, of, as of right now, it's um, you, I'm just being educated, but it can be profitable, yeah. 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 Yeah, I hope it is in the future. <laughs> yeah. 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 And the many years what it be before you graduate? Um, so I graduate I graduate next spring and then um after that I'm thinking about just doing AmeriCorps, which is like a like a disaster relief type of thing where I could travel the world. Okay. So yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean just with with everything in the last um you know, five years and everything with COVID and everything. It's just, everything's been so hectic. It's just, yeah. it's better to just keep things kind of, um, you know, like play it by ear. Yeah. Because it's, you can't really have anything in place. Like, well, so there seems to be a lot of disaster relief, so. Yeah, yeah. You'll be, you'll be busy, David. <laughs> yeah, I'll be busy, yeah. That's for sure, yeah. Yeah. Um, You're not involved in any spy work, I hope. <laughs> spy work like tiktok oh yeah you know about that the spy yeah there's a lot of stuff going on with TikTok. chinese are infiltrating yeah i mean with technology i do i do i i gotta agree because yeah. with, with a lot of these like um there's a company called tencent and i want to say they have the majority share of tiktok and then because of that um and because they operate in china yeah they can be seized by the ccp and just like get all their the data yeah. Straight from Americans. So, yeah, and a lot of kids my age don't even know about that. No. They don't even talk about they're that. They're stealing all, all our secrets. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They are. Yeah. It's an information war. It really is an information yeah. war. It's, I know that's a, it could be cheesy to say that, but it's definitely true. Um, yeah, it's, um, a, it's a wild time we live in. <laughs> And the Chinese uh, do not make as good as equipment as the U.S. Yeah. You're sitting now in my apartment. I have a dishwasher, a cooking range, and an air conditioner. 
that was all manufactured in the USA prior to 1973, and they're all still working. <laughs> yeah, a lot of the American. I bought a toaster made in China. It lasted two months, <laughs> and it had to throw it out and buy a new one. Yeah. So the the China like a lot made of in the USA is built to last. Still built to last. Yeah. If you get a G made by GE. Yeah, General Electric. As long as they're not parts are not made in China. <laughs> so. Mm. Do you have anything you want to add? No? You want to ask about the records? Oh, yeah. 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 So, so run me through these three records I have right here. Um, which one of these? Which one of these did you make first? I made the lovely dearest first. The yellow, the yeah. yellow. That's the one that we have. This is the one I saw. Yeah. So. Where did you see that? I saw. I saw. We, we have one from years ago. From yeah. my mom and dad. Oh my yeah, goodness! And I've, yeah. seen, I've seen some of it online and stuff like that. I've yeah. seen like this photo online. Yeah. Um, years ago. From, I yeah. Remember. Oh my goodness! And you recorded this in the Catskills? No, I recorded that in the New York City. New York City? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And do you remember where in New York City? Mm. <laughs> Probably says it on the maybe on the record. I'm sorry. Might say it on the back of the record. It just says This is the first part of the interview with Jimmy McPhail. It was a school assignment for my college. And if you'd like to see the full version, I have it available on Patreon. Sorry guys, but I gotta keep the lights on. <laughs> Big dogs gotta eat, okay? Um, so it was pretty clear in that interview that I was nervous and kind of all over the place, and I apologize about that. Um, it's like one of my first times actually doing a, uh, a solid interview with someone who has a lot of credibility and at the same time has a lot of age on me. So I learned a lot from the experience, and um, I just want to say I had a blast. And yeah, hope you enjoyed. Later.